0: Hey y'all, welcome to All About the Pod podcast with the University of Georgia peanut team. I am Macy Wheeler, your host, bringing you real-time updates from our scientists, extension specialists, extension agents, growers, graduate students, and everyone in between. Good morning and welcome back to episode 11 about All About the Pod. And this morning, we just had Dr. Mumford and myself and savannah warren our other graduate student if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and how you ended up at this point
1: yeah so good morning my name is savannah warren i am originally from florida and that's uh they give me heck about that all the time because i'm a (laughs) gator fan but i've enjoyed my time at the university she has said (laughs) said go dogs so we got her to say that that's right (laughs) um but i got my start in ag through 4-h and um That's really what kind of started me on this path. I ended up getting my bachelor's degree from ABAC, and so that's kind of where my crop science experience came from. And then I did an internship with bear crop science and knew that I wanted to kind of stay within either extension or industry looking at um, different agronomic practices. And so that's what kind of led me to look at getting my master's and led me to Dr. Munker working with peanut agronomics.
2: I don't know if that was a good thing or bad thing, but you're here. <laughs> they, um, so yeah, so this is a little bit different of a podcast than what we've done before because we want to highlight uh, the efforts of these two ladies as they are getting close to graduating here in the next six months, basically yes. six months. Um, uh, and, and the good, the the good thing about both Savannah and Macy. Uh, when they came through is for the fact that we are getting a lot of students or, or sometimes we get a lot of students from Abraham Baldwin College that have gone and, and obtained their bachelor's degree in science and have had the opportunity of working with some of us on the station on the Tifton campus and getting to learn about the various things that we do in in row crops and other other. Um, agronomic crops here in Georgia and just kind of enlighten them about the potential for going on and doing a master's and or PhD and uh, that's something I think a lot of people don't know a lot about or don't have at least the, the know-how of asking about how to go on and do postgraduate degrees and, and I think as we continue to build this relationship with the people at, at ABAC that we'll continue to get people like you, you two to come through and, and do these projects uh, with us because they're meaningful. Um, I think both of y'all's projects, and I, and I didn't mean to take away from Macy. Macy really hadn't explained her path here either, so you probably want to do that. Go ahead and, and kind of explain... Yeah what where you're at at, at, in your situation
0: so i did introduce myself in the first very first pilot episode but i will do that again so i grew up in thomas county georgia um, about an hour away from tifton i actually did not grow up in 4-h or ffa or anything i did grow up in a rural community my dad grew up um working tobacco Uh, So I've always known about where my food and and stuff comes from, and that was very important for me to learn as a child. And um, we always had gardens and canned and things like that. Um, My dad rented out farmland, so I saw the farmer, you know, just like we see it here all the time. So I had a a deep appreciation for it. Um, I thought I wanted to go into education, and I went to Valdosta State for one semester, and I hated it. Um, and I went back to my parents. Like, I did not know what to do. And my dad said, "Well, you've always loved outdoors and learning about where your food and fiber comes from. Why don't you go into ag?" It's like, okay, well, I could do that. I think I would love it. So, tore it back and just started from there. Um, so I've always felt like I was at sort of a disadvantage not growing up in 4-H and FFA like everybody else at ABAC. But I think when you don't grow up with that, you have this different fire or passion for it. And um, I've really had to learn from the ground up. But I think it's it's made me work hard for it to where I am now.
2: So, so a little bit about the two projects you ladies are working on. So... The big thing about working at the Tifton campus is that you're probably going to work on something that's pretty important to agriculture as a whole when it comes to Georgia. Um, you know, whether that's working in breeding, molecular, doing things like that, that's somewhere down the road going to help, or answering projects that we have ongoing right now that's, a you know, or problems, not projects, but problems. Uh, that we're having right now. So looking at research in the short term and, and trying to, trying to make an impact and and change things. And you two have had the opportunity to do that, right? We've, Mm -hmm. um, we really stepped in and tried to, um, or at least you have stepped in and, and tried to help answer some problems that are ongoing today or things that i've seen uh me being the extension peanut agronomist we see and hear problems all the time that's that's what our main situation is is trying to solve those problems uh so that we don't repeat them or or that if it is a problem figure out what the solution might be so um do you want to
0: start maybe 2020 when you found out this problem about my yeah, project? I mean, we, can, we can start about out about the 2019
2: there. seed um, and how are you the uh, so they both of yours are pretty unique both of them have come about in the same way and and when I say both projects uh, and you know, Macy's working on on a project where we've been uh, evaluating the use of infer fertilizers and that come about by mistake that we found out uh, or at least a mistake in our part um we were working with a grower, and the grower did something, um, and we didn't know what it was. And it just so happens the mistake was that there was a tube, I mean, a tube stopped up. And that's how mm-hmm. we found that and this was becoming an issue then for our fertilizers. Now, Savannah's working on something totally different, kind of on the other side of this, but it's still related to seed. Uh, and it's on a seed project that, that we've been kind of building for the last six years, seven years, that we've been working a little bit more on seed quality because of all the seed quality issues we've had. Um, You know, we've had previous students working on storage and how we handle it and all that, but we've really never asked the question, uh, because we do plant peanuts from April to June, and a lot of our seed peanuts are spread out through there. They're produced during that same time. So we really never ask that question. When we plant our peanuts, does that affect our seed quality? And so, you know, uh, and even how long they stay on the ground, does that affect quality? So that's two projects that in my mind have very good, very good level of impact. Uh, and we were just lucky that you two come along and, and fill that void um, in order to do that. Now, one thing I would mention about Macy that we don't really see in other students out there is we don't. These these projects, these master's projects, PhD projects, we kind of design them somewhat to the student to some degree. Yeah. Because uh, Macy mentioned earlier, she like... Um, being involved with agriculture and all and when she came to us she she was actually working with Brian Swartz Mm -hmm. the turf guy so here she is working on turf doing projects on turf and then she comes to us and and Brian come to me and said hey I got a student that wants to learn about something else besides turf and so I got peanuts but that's not the only thing she wanted to learn something about extension and so it was just um in talking with the southwest district um director, that we've come up with a, a project where we could do a third of, a third of each type of situation, the yeah. extension, turf, and peanut. And I think it worked out well. Yeah, I think it uh, give you, It gave you a, a lot of experience. Yeah. And so um, as we go through this, I would love for everybody to understand that these projects one, the student has helped in designing what they want to do if they already know that, but we also have a lot of students that have no clue, but they just know they want to work in AG and so we can design those based on the interest, also, you know, just to develop that person. that's what we hope we do and um,
0: and you will get out of it what you put in. That's true. Um, Cause you could easily sit back and it will just keep passing you by, or you can take the bull by the horns and learn something.
2: <laughs> so the obvious elephant in the room that most people don't understand: did y'all, did you guys have to pay for all of your, all of your master's program, your tuition, your what? No. So can y'all explain that a little bit? Because most people think it's like a bachelor's. You go in, you have to pay for all of it. So can y'all explain that a little bit? Because I think it's important for people even from ABAC or anybody else in the state, we're, you know, we're looking for great students. Yeah. (laughs) And the problem is we don't get a lot of them or or it's just not a, a continual flow sometimes for these students. And I think it's because they think they have to pay the whole you know, everything. Yeah. And so, I know it's still not easy, but can y'all explain that a little bit?
0: Well, I don't even think you know this, but Savannah and t- I have talked about writing a how to be a grad student <laughs> for the yeah. next ones that follow us because we are in the same boat. We had no idea what this entailed at all or anything, and it's not your fault, but or the graduate school. It's just not very clear. It's very... You have to figure it out, which is part of being a grad student. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you do need a little bit of guidance because there's things that program of studies that we kind of we did get in trouble for. But it was like why is this not in, you know, months later? But and that there's goes stuff. to
2: show that you, <laughs> they're kind of leaving some of that, and, yeah. and I understand all that. And We're
0: not the only ones. So they're leaving
2: but. some of that up to you because yeah. you are an adult now. Right? Yes, yes. But what I'm talking about, I mean, as I, far as your your tuition yes. and your stipend, that's that's mainly. The other stuff is just learning how to be an adult, and a lot of that is <laughs> you, should, hey, you still need to have guidance right now. I might have failed federal failure flat on my face on that but um, there are some things that no matter how much you can put down but that that is a very good idea because there there are a lot of things that students could give back just by doing that
0: well you go to ABAC and you have an advisor the whole time I mean not even ABAC everywhere you have to make your own schedule for your whole two and a half three years that you're going to be here We, you have no idea how to do that.
2: Yeah, I mean your your committee does give you a little bit there. I mean, but I mean that's hey, that could be us. uh, That could be your committee as a whole. That could be my fault as (laughs) as your advisor. I'm not.
0: I'm just trying to give back to the
2: students who are going to come in the future. (laughs) But tuition. (laughs) The biggest thing that you're saying there is is you've got to be independent. Yes.
0: Yes, If you're not self motivated, and independent, and can figure it out on your own.
2: Because most of the stuff's there. It's going to be I mean, different. You know, it's
0: there, yeah. It's
2: there, and and a lot of this is we are, I mean, as a, as a faculty member, as an advisor, yeah, we advise you what classes you got to take or, or, yeah, or but whatever. but you're also but, very busy. But we have a job, too. Exactly. And So that's part of this. We're yeah. not leaving you alone, but we are trying to get you to start to learn how to be independent and that's something that and i from my perspective as students you two have done that better most
1: you probably get tired of us knocking on your door we call you
2: (laughs) that's what's needed though i can't you know in these jobs you you don't want at this point in your life and especially in a master's or a phd you should be if you don't at this point the biggest thing I've always learned is you should understand when you need to ask a question and when you don't. Yeah. And if you don't ask ask the question, then that's that's not on anybody that's advising you. That's mm. if you don't understand that, some somewhere along the lines you gotta ask the question. Now after you ask the question, if we can't get you the answer, then we're at fault. Yeah. And I and I can't say that that hadn't happened, so <laughs> but nevertheless.
0: But anyways, back to tuition. So you get paid an assistantship. You apply to the graduate school. Typically you should have something lined up before applying, is that correct?
2: Right. It's or not that they're that not you apply to willy yeah. It's not just applying to graduate school and you automatically get a stipend. Yeah. Or an assistantship. You have to have a major professor that has a project that can pay for it. And that. fund you. Yeah. yeah. And um but the um so I mean yeah it just depends on that. So
0: you apply to the graduate school You put in your major professor potential. They have the funding. The graduate school will contact them. You get an assistantship, which you get written a contract for what that salary will be. Um, And then they do pay you monthly as you are a regular salaried employee. Um, And then you get a tuition stipend, which I think it varies depending on, you can step in whenever insurance coverage and things like that.
1: yeah, for the most part, I mean, tuition is covered. The only thing as a student that you're responsible for is your fees, basically. Right. So that and that changes yeah. by campus. So whether you're in this case in the Tifton campus or the Athens campus, your fees are going to be a little bit different depending on what activities or things that are included. But as far as out of pocket costs, the only thing that you are responsible for as a grad student is are those fees. Your tuition is waived due to your assistantship, um, and then you get paid a stipend. Monthly on top of that, yeah. That
0: makes you and I, I don't mind saying prices. So I've paid anywhere from 700 a semester to 150 now that they've taken off that, um, yeah. that fee. I don't remember what it was called.
2: Yeah. Some so COVID relief, right? but they
0: change. do vary, and you can set up payment plans. I mean, it's, yeah. it's doable, especially in Tifton, there's not many student fees,
2: right? So you, you brought out a good thing, and then we're going to move back to your project. <laughs> You get a salary, and a salary means that this is a job. Yes, it is. It's an education, but it's also a job, and that's the way I think everybody really needs to take on this position or this opportunity. is It's a job.
0: Yeah, I think it. I think when you look at it as this is a job, it's easier and less daunting than school, especially if you're work motivated. I think, which I like working yeah. <laughs> so it's easier it's easier for me to think about it as well for my job I have to write a paper instead of for school independently willy-nilly I have to write paper I don't know it's just made me in my head but it
1: well, seems easier. Assistantships too are going to very depend on the professor what they have going on because your assistantship and mine are very, very different, different yeah. because my funding comes from um,
2: right it comes from different different sources, sources.
1: Yep. um And that's pretty. Macy's comes from you, Extension, Dr. mm -hmm. Schwartz. So, depending on where your funding comes from, kind of depends on what other tasks you're responsible for, too, within your assistantship on top of. That's right.
2: Within your project. And and you do, like you said earlier, um, you get out of what you want to put in. And we've given you, girls, ladies, opportunities to do other things. To mm-hmm. learn other things, I've tried to get you out, uh, which I again can't get you out as much as I want to because y'all y'all schedules are busy too. But we try to get everybody involved with the whole program. Not that you're um, having to do every single thing, but depending on what situation we're. I mean, each one of y'all have yeah gotten into the the <laughs> nuts <laughs> and bolts. Plant and of the harvest is
0: definitely required. All hands on deck. Yeah, which it that's kind of an You is. just, it's required. And you can
2: take that as a bad thing or a good thing. I mean, you can take it, you know, learning something.
0: That's the best part to me. If I didn't get to do field work, I wouldn't be able to do this. No.
2: Right. So, so, and the reason I bring all that up is I really want the general public to know that we are always looking for good students. We're always trying to put each student on an important project. I mean, mm-hmm. to help answer a question. And we've got we got more problems than we've got solutions and we've got more problems than we've got people to work on. Um, and so growers have been constantly giving us pro you know, situations that happen yeah. on their farm and we wanna to try to help. And so that's what we're trying so I, I would encourage all students if you're if you're interested in doing a postgraduate degree, masters or PhD, then Hey, give us a shot. We'll be able to try to help in that mm-hmm. um, that situation. So you
0: know what? I, will, no, I work, was going to say something. We both started as student workers. You mm-hmm. with someone else first, and mm-hmm. myself with Dr. Schwartz. So if you are interested, if you are at ABAC, that is a huge gateway. step and yeah. gateway into the door for graduate school. And start working um, early. Yes, because
1: you do have to have that major professor and kind of project lined up before you do apply. Yeah. yeah. Um, so starting to look either a year before, if you are interested and you know six months before, yeah. just to kind of try and line something up, that is definitely in your best interest to start putting feelers out for what you may be interested in working on, who you may be interested in working yeah. with.
0: And even your even who you work for as your boss, as a student, doesn't mean that's your major professor. They know so many people out here that you something you might be more interested in, mm-hmm. you know, so...
2: Yeah, that, that definitely is a good a good comment because a lot of times we are looking for different people. Yeah. And like I said, I've we have people come and work all the time. Um, so let's get back to the main part of this and um, thanks for letting us go through that. I, I just I just think it's important that people yeah. realize that you do have to be somewhat independent, somewhat have you got to be willing to be driven to get the information you need. It's not all on your advisor now. Never. Once you move out of a bachelor's, it's not all on your advisor. And if you think it is, then that's, that's, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough on you because you've got to be able to put in uh, and try to develop this program as much as we do, yeah. um, at least from getting all of what you have to do. Um, because this is getting you ready for real life, mm-hmm. I mean, in all reality. I mean, you you got to step out and do that. But I did, I did say that the projects that we work on are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let each one of you two go through some of what you've learned so far in your project. Just kind of update people on where we're at. I mean, I know you're getting closer to the end. that's So I know you're a little bit further out still just because of the nature of what you're doing. But it um, <laughs> doesn't matter who starts, but go ahead and kind of give us an idea of of what your you know what the main goals are and not just my project like if you had others talk about those um, not just see quality but talk about various things um, and kind of talk about where you're going next that would be potentially where you're going after this because hopefully this has built you up to get to somewhere and so yeah um, but go ahead either one of you want to start go ahead it does. yeah you can go ahead
1: so I actually have two projects going on right now. I guess I'll start with the one that I have finalized data on, which is our growth regulator study. So for the last two years I've been looking at Kudos which is Perkiston Calcium. It could also be sold as apogee which is the growth regulator. growth regulator used on peanut. And so Findash America's has come out with a new experimental formulation that we're looking at. That's a liquid product and so over the last two years we've been looking to see kind of comparison of the liquid versus our current granule products and then on top of that we've also been doing some adjuvant work as well to kind of see when we use crop oil or NIS kind of how that affects growth. What we've kind of seen from that is the liquid is very comparable to what we have been using with the granular product. We're still getting... Good growth suppression about 20 centimeters is kind of average of what we're seeing in plant height reduction, and then we are getting good yield response from that as well, increasing anywhere from 4 to 800 pounds. I think is kind of average on what we've seen across the board, and that has mainly been on Georgia Club Y. So that's the cultivar that we're kind of trying to tone down a little bit as far as growth. Um, As far as the adjuvants, we only have a year of data on that study, but we are seeing no really different responses in yield, but our crop oil is controlling growth a little bit better than the NIS is. The other project that I've got is what Dr. Mumford mentioned earlier, and that is the seed quality project. And so, because we have that variation in planting date we've seen where we've looked at planting dates from end of April, mid-May and then early June and with that we've also looked at three different harvest timings so five days after digging ten days after digging and twenty days after digging and so when we look at planting date we've seen as far as our yield responses that May has given us um, our greatest yield response whereas April, and june kind of fall off and yield by several hundred pounds
2: so why why would that be i mean you've seen you've been around mm-hmm. that's two years in a row that that april has not shown good yield response compared to mid-may mm-hmm. based on what you hear heard me talk about is that normal yeah i would
1: say it's probably is it correct, normal? as far as april
2: yeah I mean, I'm not talking about early April. I'm talking
1: about
2: late April, April, early May.
1: So, no, usually late April, early May, we're still seeing pretty similar um, results. I think this past year, tomatoes by the wilt virus was worse. Mm -hmm. Um, When we look at seed germination-wise, though, April, and there's not much difference. There's not much difference um, there. Looking at April and May.
2: And that's something that we, you know we do multiple years of of work because there's environmental impacts here. And we actually, you know, typically yours have been planted in late April, early May, mid-May and June. Typically that late April, first of May is our highest yield potential times of the year. Just so happened the last two years, those are the areas where we've seen the the drop off in yield the most. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the weather. Last year was because of tomato spotted wheel and some in June being as hot as it was and then August being real wet. Well, the year before that it was just wet, you know. And so, so each year we've had some issues, um, and each year we talk about yield potential. And so, it's interesting, you know. You can't just show data and say, "Hey, this is it," right? I mean, you got to have that other part to it, the weather. And so, I mean, that's that's the other just a point to bring out.
1: Um, and then I guess to finish up that study looking at harvest date timings versus planting dates we didn't really see a correlation there but when we look at harvest timings individually as you leave that seed longer on the ground looking at 10 versus 20 days we really started to see a drop off there in yield as well not being able to get that seed out in a timely manner can potentially affect our yields as well.
2: So when you leave something on the ground for 20 days what was what's causing that drop off in yield
1: well you've got your vines are drying down more you've wet. got more brittle vines um when they go through the combine so you're more likely to lose pods you've also got potential pod rot and other things that as those seeds lay on the ground they're getting wet or they're drying back out that can cause issues as well
0: okay. so can this count as our defense
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> just no that, i just I'd hate to take that out of the hands of the rest of the committee members. <laughs> this might be easy <laughs> Yeah. So when you graduate, cut today, that out have you already got a job or what?
1: Yeah. So I already have a job lined up to start with bear crop science. <clears throat> um, so I will be working with their seed trait research and development on cotton, corn, and soybeans. Okay. So. That's where I'm headed in Maine
2: when I finish. That's the other good point, but it's trying to find everybody a place to go, right? Yeah. So hopefully we will before it's over with. So, Macy, go ahead and explain some of yours.
0: So I started graduate school in January of 2020, and Dr. Mumford said, we have this problem, and... We need to start as soon as possible for potentially getting out data for grower meetings. Um, with my connection to Dr. Schwartz, actually I was a split student worker between Dr. Wayne Hanna and he has a bare ground greenhouse that he has used um, since the beginning of when the station opened. So I was able to start my greenhouse project in there. It is a bare ground greenhouse. So my project is on studying the impact of emperor fertilizer on peanut stand establishment, emergence, and yield. So in the greenhouse, obviously we couldn't take yield, but we started with just stand emergence and uh, stand establishment and everything like that.
2: Well, it was a bare ground greenhouse with with so soils bad. that came similar out
0: of, to similar the soils
2: that came out of the field, surrounding fields. So we we utilized it. I mean we we dug fur.
0: Yeah, dug a furrow. Then we calibrated it try the best we could, applying it by hand with a um, syringe. So apply the product at a half-gallon, one, two, and three-gallon rate, um, and untreated, of course. So at the time of this project, the suggested rate by industry was around two and three gallons per acre. So we wanted to test that and then test the lower, the lower rates to see what would happen as well. And in the greenhouse, we saw that the, one, uh, the half gallon and one gallon rate, they slowed emergence down about two days, but eventually the stand caught up and in that three and four or two and three gallon rate, excuse me, it slowed emergence uh, to about 40, 40, 45% in the three gallon rate and then like 30, 35% in the two gallon rate. Um, well,
2: that wasn't slow emergence. That's actually eliminated emergence. Yeah, <clears throat> it still slowed the general emergence of the seed that did come up down. Yeah, but, but
0: you have it, the untreated check was emerging at anywhere from four to six days after planting. Yeah, and then you have the other ones or the two and three gallon rate that wouldn't emerge until nine, ten days, and then be...
2: But the final stand was what was yes. hit real hard by the two and three gallon, Yes, price.
0: Yes. So after that, I tested that twice in the greenhouse, and then we took it to the on-farm trial in Worth County. Um, did the same thing, just bigger rows. Um, we saw the same results out in the field. Then we sent it to multiple states. We sent it to Auburn University, University of Florida, North Carolina, State University, Clemson, Texas A&M, Virginia. my mm-hmm. I missing one? In Mississippi. Mississippi. In
2: Arkansas. And
0: Arizona. New Mexico. New Mexico. So we sent out this product to all these states for them to do the same protocol that we started um, on farm. Right. So the biggest thing was is we wanted this product is not just in Georgia alone. We wanted to send it out to the peanut belt and see what they were seeing in different environmental conditions and soil types and things like that. Um, what It came back that they're all seeing the same results. There's no increase in yield um, over the untreated check. There isn't a significant difference, but it, it is a gradual decline in yield. Um, still seeing the same thing with stand. So...
2: And that, that's a big thing because that's one thing that we try to do with all of our research trials, right? If we if we think that there might be an environmental or geographical influence on any results, then we try to get those out and test it. And that's one nice thing about uh, the communication and and cooperate cooperation among all of the peanut uh, agronomists throughout the U.S. I mean, we always try to work on projects together, especially yeah. projects that I think that um, they might see in the future, or you know, you know, with Georgia being the biggest, we tend to see a lot of things yeah. ahead of the, ahead of some of them. But uh, but we always get stuff from each one of them that that we try to try to in input or put into our program as well. But but I just think it's it, it's very important that we. We did spread that out and try to see if they're, you know, different souls, different situations, you know, because we're we're really trying to figure out, is this something that is truly detrimental or is it something that is just a problem in our temperate environment or subtrable, whatever you want to call this environment, where we're hot, humid, wet all the time compared to some of the other ones. Um,
0: I will say, so the biggest problem is with it. It is an infer fertilizer, so this product goes in with the addition of inoculant, which is what opened up the door for this product. So it is going over top the seed when the seed coat on peanut is very thin. Um, the, it's a salt-based fertilizer. I mean, that's just is facts of what fertilizer is. So it's going over top the seed before you close the furrow. And the other thing is, is that we saw, I had an irrigated and a dry land field in Worth County. Um, so, actually worked out in 2021, the irrigated field was planted right before a huge rain that we had. We planted early may and then it rained like i think it was six inches or something like that and crazy yeah and and then about two weeks later we planted the dry land field um once our our grower got to it and then we had a two-week drought so we had two very different environmental conditions in that time and we still found the same thing yeah so
2: and that's 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 important uh very important for us to know um Because seed is our most, if not one of, the most... Um, economically important inputs you know in other words it's the highest one of the highest inputs that we use in the peanut crop and that's before we ever get a plant out of the ground yeah Um, and then and so we gotta gotta do our best job by doing that yeah
0: so the other thing that comes into play with stand establishment so if you do have a skippy stand it's more likely for thrips to infest with may spot a wilt virus. From what I understand, the thrips can see singular plants easier than they can see a uniform row. So that explains a lot of why there's a skippy stand. They're going to infest those plants more.
2: Yeah. Potentially, so. potentially. But, but we do see that. Yeah. Um and so there there are a lot of things that play here. Uh, we're trying to get a stand-up. And as you know, in the last couple of years, we've had not so good seed. 2020, uh, 2019, 2020 was not the great greatest, but the last two years, we've had very good germ and, and all. Uh, and we've seen this in that. But where we really started picking this up is when we had those really bad years with, yeah. start, uh, with, with germ and vigor. Um, And so you take something where we're putting out six to eight seed per foot, you take 40% of that. Well, we still got a pretty decent stand so that we can make a yield. But if our germs go down Mm -hmm. and we're planting subpar seed and you're doing this, 40% of already a bad stand is, is, is even worse. And so that's why we're trying to get growers to really you know really pay attention to what we're putting in the tank yeah, and
0: you um, never know what the year is going to bring so you want to be right. sure from the start like last year or this year if you would have had bad seed from the shellers then on top of the tomato spotted wilt virus yes. pressure this year you would have been in a mess
2: yeah been in a bad mess and so we do have to watch what we put in the tank and put in there with the seed uh, one thing that uh, initial studies so far, we really haven't had any conclusive work here is how does it affect inoculant? Yeah. Um, and so we're working on and We know that a fertilizer can also kill, kill the inoculant based on some other uh, work that some other colleagues have done. But we have not shown it in these tests yet. Because, again, it's hard to find a field that has not had... Uh, peanut in it before and so finding something that you you um, need to have inoculant in the field uh, and test this situation can it gets tough to try to do um, so overall both of your your projects are going to add to what we're doing to make grow sustainable here in the state of georgia mm. and that's, that's something that that's very important yeah, um, that's
0: why we do it that's the most important thing
2: It is and and a lot of times you may not see that end result as a student, right? That that final impact, but you two have almost seen it you know, right right now, before you even graduate. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes us a little while to get things adapted uh, based on what we're working because you start a project and then somebody else takes it over and keeps moving it. Um, and so, and there's there's part of this on both of you all that we'll probably continue moving forward. Uh, but boy, the impact that you've shown so far, and that's that's one thing we're very proud of. Uh, and I think the growers in the state should know that we are working hard to answer some problems, and even problems that they don't realize they're doing. Yeah. Um, and so we're we're constantly doing that.
0: Um, and it really helps to have on-farm trials. I know for both of us, we have really good growers who are very supportive of us. Um, so as soon as they see, my grower sees a bad stand from this fertilizer and your seed goes results or better yield from apogee application they're telling all their farm friends yeah. what's going on and then yeah. it just spreads from
2: there so yeah and we do appreciate all the growers helping yes, us do. out with everything that we do uh, because we are trying to help yeah. um, and so we're glad with that uh, we're glad that you guys come along the girls, ladies come along it's <laughs> bad but um, and we do hope that You will find a spot now. Where are you potentially going? You're still trying to investigate what you want to do next. So,
0: I started with the intent of going into extension with just getting my master's, but I am entertaining the idea of getting a PhD. Um, but we will see. Still visiting places,
2: still some time to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so but, um, all right, well, we do appreciate your time and both of you and both your hard work. Any other? last words I think
0: so. do you have any update harvest updates or anything that people might want to hear or you,
2: uh well at this point meetings at this point we are we are trying to finalize all of our data uh and try to get that in a form that we can start getting it out to the growers i think with the situation with the with whatever you know the season we had it might be good for growers to be at these meetings the grower production meetings to try to get that that uh, that update that we'll hopefully have as we go forward about seed quality and and where do we think we're going to start this year off and things that we have to do uh we will have updates from what the projects y'all have worked on mm-hmm. um you know especially the growth regulator trial a lot of a lot of people are interested in that uh especially mixing and various things and we're working on a lot of things related to that um you know we're trying to get started with getting the information out to our agents too we're going to have a training next week with them and that'll help get them um at least all the initial information out so that they can kind of help you know guide the conversation um but yeah i just encourage all the growers to make sure they attend these grower meetings and let's let's try to learn together and and i would encourage you know we've got these podcasts going for uh, quite a while now if you've got a question that's a good place to bring them Mm -hmm. bring them to the to that and if we can't answer them right then maybe this is a good place that we can we can answer some of those questions as we go forward so yeah Mm -hmm. other than that we're we're glad to be here and be a part of it and glad you two are uh getting close to graduation.
0: graduation (laughs) all righty, thank you